the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, missed you guys last week. I had to go out of town, and so I just replayed my segment on family. Uh, you know, it was good to be at the state fair. You know, uh, the first day was like, do the funky penguin. It was wet, man. I got soaked out there. And I got, John was clowning me with all the Parliament Funkadelic cuts in and out. And uh, and the second second Saturday was hot, man. It was like, it was like bake, bake, bake you down. You know what I mean? Which I heard was good for the fair and everybody there, but... Uh, even my, my sons is like, you know, and they said, ah, we're going to spend our money real quick and we ready to go. You know, <laughs> they ran, they, they ran through $80 with the quickness and they was ready to go. You know, they, they didn't want to even share their sweet Martha cookies. They both bought it. They own been a piece. You know what I mean? That's it. That's how we wiped out the money real quick, but it was good. Good time, you know, sitting up there with them. Uh, you know, I just, I just was hot and trying to get used to it. Uh, a, a new medication. It was. It was. It wasn't fun at all. But uh, had a, had a good good meeting, and uh, and it's kind of like an inspiration from where I'm where I'm going. Is that um, you know, sometimes when you know I serve on a committee, a national committee, in my denomination, uh, and I'm part of uh, you know the Four Square Church of the Four Square Gospel out of L.A. and uh, and so we have an urban multicultural committee, and so. Uh, we did. We bring in different representatives uh, from the different uh, cultures that make up our church, you know, outside the majority culture. And then I, I come in as the as the urban representative because, you know, urban is a culture all to itself. You know what I mean? And, and one of the things that people have to realize about culture, race is not culture. You know what I mean? You can have a mono ethnic church, meaning an all black, all white church, and it still be a multicultural church. Because there are different cultures within within that 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 church, and so sometimes we think of multicultural as having someone of every color and hue. But you know, you can also be multiracial, but be monoethnic, meaning everybody tends to come out of a certain vein. If you was coming to my church, you would see different types of people represented there. You know, of course, we're primarily African American, but then you know we have people from Ghana, Nigeria. Puerto Rico, uh, you know, we have Sioux, uh, you know, we have just just a host of different folks there, and uh, but we're mono culture, and, and being most most of people come from the urban setting, they or what we like to say streets, and uh, and so I remember one time, 
this Japanese couple because their their granddaughter went to our church, and uh, this Japanese couple came and uh, they were listening to the message. And at the end of the service, you know, she said, "Well, you know, Grandma, Grandpa, how you like it?" They said, "Oh, we love your your pastor's preaching and his use of the word, but we couldn't understand any of his examples." <laughs> And she said, Grandma, thank God that you can't. Because <laughs> uh, I tend to use a lot of examples that are ref- that are reflective of urban life or street life in general. So, you know, we're multiracial but monoethnic. And, and, and you know, I, I remember sitting in a, a multicultural meeting one time and listening to a white pastor apologize for his church being all white. And I had to tell him, don't you apologize for your church being all right. White, I said. Jesus, people need white people need Jesus. I said, you, your your neighborhood is white. I said, now if your neighborhood was black and your church is all white, then you need to apologize. I said, but just, I, I said, but your neighborhood is there. It, that's what's there. You you reach what's there. I said, you know, it, it's good that you know we we think about that. Doctor Martin Luther King quote about Sunday morning being the most segregated hour that there is, but you know the segregation is not just racial; it's also cultural. You know, I mean, you know, the people who love to shout, go to the church where they can shout. And the people who love to sit back and be reserved, go to the church where they can sit back and be reserved. And the intellectual people want to go to church where they can be intellectual. I said, you know, people tend to choose things based upon, uh, 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 you know, what they need or what they like. And and so they tend to gather together. I said, you know, do we wish we had cross-pollinization? Sure, sure we do. You know, you wish you wish you had it, you know, and plus it's Minnesota. You know, everybody everybody everybody's pretty calm in church anyway. You know what I mean? It's not even the church that people think is kinda of wild is not even wild by, you know, certain standards, you know. So so it's just it's the reflection of the culture that's there and that you go that route. And the reason why I say it's reflection of the culture because, you know, a lot of times in the last last month or so, you know, we've been getting you know, upset over our protests and, and counter protests and, and, and what's going on. And, and, uh, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, just a whole venom of blaming each other for different things. And, and, and I'm just going to speak from the urban perspective. And what I'm saying now is not really the urban perspective because, you know, most urban people won't agree with me. You know what I mean? You know, I, I've always been a businessman. I come from a family of businessmen. Uh, and, and on that note, you know, being a county major and being in management and things like that, uh, I have to say, as a businessman, I like Donald Trump. He wrote that book, The Art of the Deal. I still teach my kids principles out of The Art of the Deal. You know what I mean? And so, but that's not an urban thing, because in an urban environment, we blame Donald Trump for everything. You know, when the stoplight breaks, Donald Trump did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> we had two hurricanes, Donald Trump did it. You know, it's like I said, you know, I, I go around everywhere I go in the ur- in my urban environment. Donald Trump did done everything. You know, what I mean, kid got suspended for school. Donald Trump created this environment. You know, what I mean, it's like it's like I just go around like, golly, either Trump is the most powerful individual since the Antichrist or somebody lying. You know, what I mean, it's just I just got to look at it either way like that. And I don't think he packs that much power as a politician. I mean, he's not a politician. He's a businessman. He's not used to compromising. He's used to winning. Donald Trump likes to win. You know what I mean? And, you know, and it, does he win at some scandalous cost? Yes, he does. You know what I mean? Some of the things he does is, is cruel and the people have been left hurt. 
And uh, but if you understand American business, you understand where it goes. I mean, look at his shows. You know, he gets he gets to have a show firing people, and everybody loves it. You know, what I mean, it comes in there, and then everybody's shocked that he's fired everybody in his cabinet. I don't understand why you're shocked. That's what the man does. You know, what I mean, he's a businessman. You just have to understand how American business goes. You know, but even me saying that gets me blamed. I get called all kind of names for for even liking him, period, because I guess from an urban perspective, I shouldn't like him. Since most urban uh, environments tend to be Democrat, as we see in uh, red-blue maps, you know, the you know the, the Democrats pretty much their last mistake in the hope is the urban area. They carry the urban area, which has millions and millions of votes, and they, ca- they tend to carry those areas, and the Republicans don't. You know, uh, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm independent. I, and I like to stay that way. Neither one of them defines me. And I refuse to be boxed by either one of them. So don't go casting your stones and throwing them out. You know what I mean? Because Republicans get mad at me too. You know what I mean? I'm just talking about when we look at uh, our attitude is what we have this Moses complex that we think that one man, one man can save us or one man's going to destroy us. One man can't destroy us and one man can't save us. The only one who has that kind of power is Yeshua, God Almighty. That's, that's the only one who has that kind of power. You know, and he sent his son here to save us, right? But he became he became human and flesh and dwelt among us and sacrificed himself for us that we all may be free. He's the only one man that can save us, and he's the only one man that can, one thing that can destroy us. He said, "Fear not, you know, man that can destroy your body, but you fear fear God, who's able to destroy your body and your soul." Yeah, you know I mean, so you know, us having this complex that. That one individual who gets in office, you know, whether it's Obama, whether it's Bush, whether it's whether it's Trump, you know, it's just ridiculous how we've been going. You know what I mean? And the, and the sad part about it is I, as a father, have to sit down and explain to my children, you know, you know, how we have to respond to issues like that, because none, no one out there, it seems to me, is mature enough to, to teach young people how they have to respond to something that they may not like, you know what I mean? How do you treat a president that you don't like? How do you respect, you know, an office or position that you don't like? You wouldn't have learned it in the last 36 years in this country, you know what I mean? Because, you know, if, if the guy we like is not in power or girl, you know what I mean? We venomously attack the one who's in power. I don't care if it's Democrat, Republican, and that's all we have. Yeah, I don't care who is in office. I don't care. You can go back on the other side of, 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 of Nixon. And, you know, and we've always started been exchanging barbs, always talking negative, always uh, no respect. That's not my president. You know what I mean? This, this is my president. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like, you know, like you get to pick and choose, you know, this here. I don't get to pick and choose. You know what I mean? From this perspective, I mean, ain't none of mine because I'm urban. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I, I want to, I want an urban president. I want somebody it wasn't raised in the sticks. I want somebody that understands, you know, what it means. But I still going to honor the office. I'm going to honor him because, you know, my God tells me that I have to honor him. You know what I mean? I don't have to like him, but I have to honor him. You know what I mean? And, you know, and, and that's the thing that I'm not, I'm not going to sacrifice my relationship and my position with God to sit around here and satisfy those that are around me. That just because I'm urban and everybody in the urban area tends to be uh, democratic, yeah, you know I mean, and and we get a Republican president, so they feel it's a stage that you know to browbeat them, right? I'm not going to join in. Now, neither vice versa. When you know you get a Democratic president like we had for the last eight years, 
and everybody wants to praise him. I'm not going to join in either. You know what I mean for that? You know, and then people look at me and wonder, where do you stand? Where do I stand? I stand with God because God tells me that I'm, need, I'm, I'm neither to worship these cats nor neither am I to tear them down. You know what I mean? But I'm going to pray for them that it might be well with me. I think that's in the Bible someplace to pray for them that it might be well with thee. And so in the process of time, we always want to be political, but we don't understand what we're being political about. You know, not too many people understand the Constitution of the United States. If they did, they wouldn't sing a different song about certain things. They would understand how the rules go and how the things go and everything like that. And I know before I could graduate from high school, I had to pass a Constitution test in Illinois. If I didn't pass it my junior year, I had another chance taking my senior year. If I didn't pass, I didn't get a diploma. So we had to learn that Constitution. All the amendments, all the everything, just going through their preambles and all through that whole nine yards. But we had to understand how our government runs. But yet there are people here who have immigrated from other nations who have a better understanding of our Constitution than people who were born and raised here because our education system doesn't teach the Constitution anymore. I have nine kids, and I haven't seen any of them run up there and learn the Constitution and the nine kids that I've had. You know, I mean? At home, we talk about stuff, and we go over things like that, and we talk about what the rules are, what the distances are, so they don't get to see they know the power, you know, the president has limited power, but our media plays it up like, you know, if you don't win the presidential election, it's all bad dudes. You know what I mean? You know, I mean, you, you got different bills out there that have been enacted for years. You know, I mean, we were talking about in our meeting, our multicultural meeting, you know, what is the effect of, of the rescinding of DACA? You know, they've been working on DACA for 16 years since the Clinton administration and Congress ain't passed nothing. Right. So, so Obama signs it and makes an executive order to make people feel at rest. You know, and then uh, here comes here comes Trump rescinding the order, forcing Congress to do something in the next six months or he's going to do something. And, you know, what I mean, you know, and it's a crying shame that Congress has to be threatened into doing their job to make a decision on the state of these people. You know, what I mean, the Liberian community here, right here in Minnesota, you know, what I mean, every year they got to wait you know, for some president to extend, you know, their life here. You know, I mean, they ran from war over there. They ran over there. They came over here. But every year they're waiting with bated breath, holding prayer meetings, hoping to get another year extension. They've been here 20 years. Yeah, you're going to send somebody back home after being here 20 years. Their kids are almost done with college working over here. And yet every year they got to go through this thing because people don't want to make a decision. Two of my children, same boat. I pay tons of legal fees trying to keep them here to, to, to go there and to get there because they can't get a solid decision, you know, out of Congress. Everybody's so scared to lose their job because the people who don't want immigrants here will get mad if they pass one that's favorable to immigrants. And the people that do want them here, maybe I'll vote for them if they pass one that's not favorable. So everybody's more interested in keeping their job and their cash flow going than to do what's right. Yeah, you know I mean, but it, it but the thing about it is, is that we as believers are no better example because we follow the cash flow too. We follow the cash flow in the decisions we make. We follow the cash flow in the churches that we go to. We follow the cash flow and where we even plan a church. Yeah, you know I mean to go there. Everybody wants to be downtown now. Ten years ago, everybody was running out of downtown. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I just don't understand it. You know, what I, mean? I don't understand how we operate. You know, the thing like, but maybe because I'm urban. Yeah, I mean, I just stayed the whole time. I didn't go nowhere. You know, what I mean, my neighborhood changed from thug to quiet 
Now it's, now it's turning white, but I'm still there. You know, I minister to white people, thugs, good people, anything there, because I'm urban. I love my setting. I love where I'm at. You're listening to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. Uh, you're listening to 980 The Mission. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back and just kind of wrap it up and and uh, and, and talk about a, a, a subject that, uh, that might not make me urban for long. But uh, I'll see you then. <laughs> Somebody ought to pray for me. I'm making you this Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Mission Minneapolis. Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 980 The Mission Bible teachers and ministries with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Sound like a good offering song. Make everybody dance up there, put their money in the plate. Yeah, you <laughs> hey, you listening to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. I'm back at you right now. Uh, you know, I, I, as, 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 as it may seem, you know, I have a lot of different friends, and then they, you know, and they, the political spectrum is wide, you know, and uh, and so, but the one thing that, that I've just, that, has grieved me is when I see people that I know are believers and they join in and, and, uh, and, and, and the rhetoric and, uh, and get caught up in the media frenzy and get pulled in there and their political affiliation, you know, whether red or blue, Democrat, Republican, whatever you want to call it, liberal conservative, and they allow their political thing to pull them into a venue. That's not, that's not, that's not biblical. You know what I mean? I'm biblical. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm urban, but I'm biblical. You know what I mean? You know, I, you know, I, 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 I my side note comment uh, to you uh, uh, non-urban people who like to protest, uh, you don't yell insults at people. That's not the urban thing to do. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, you only got so long to yell at me. You know what I mean? To yell at me, they yell at insulting me, and then that's when the urban part of me that's gonna come out. Oh, it's biblical. It's First Chronicles, uh, David and the mighty men response that you will receive. You know, <laughs> so you would not receive. You receive what I like to call my Nehemiah thirteen response that I will. I kicked them and spit upon them and pulled their hair out and beat them until they returned to the Lord. Nehemiah 13, you know what I mean? You'll get a Nehemiah 13 response out of me, you know what I mean? So I, I, it's amazing to me that the way you counter-protest is to shout negative things at people, and then you wonder why negative things happen to you. 
Shout at me if you want to. That's all I got to tell you. <laughs> That's all I got to tell you. Somebody wanted to come to my church and protest one time. Uh, you know, they uh, I guess they, they were doing the marriage act. The gay community wanted to come in, and I'm glad they didn't show up. That's all I got to say because uh, we're urban. You know, <laughs> if you had came in there protesting, yeah, you would have been bounced. You know, I mean, that's all I got to say. Is you, you know, and it's not a thing of pride or anything. I'm just urban, man. I, you know, it's just, it's just tend to be understanding that you know that some things you defend your property and you defend it well. You know, but you know when people get up there, when some people, my friend of mine posted on a social media thing that you know that nobody should meet with Donald Trump. Anybody, Donald Trump is evil. And you can't meet with him and talk to him. And, and he was referring to when some of the black pastors met with Donald Trump and some guys like Steve Harvey and Jim Brown met with him and they received all this criticism. You know, they, they went in there, they went behind it for, for, for meeting with him, saying they was just, you know, sucking up for money or doing whatever or they, they're not black anymore. Or, you know, and it just was this whole infusion that was going on. And, you know, I responded to my brother and I said, well, I said, help me out here. I said, I said, are you saying that that uh, that uh, a person like him is is exempt from hearing good news? I said, because when I look at the prophets, the prophets didn't just go talk to save people. I said, the prophets went to declare to the to the lost that they need to get back with Israel, Elijah and Elijah. You know, when they came, they were talking to the to the evil kings, telling them they need to get back right. You know, Zechariah, Isaiah, Jeremiah. I said they weren't they were they weren't dealing with people who were walking with the Lord. They were dealing with people trying to get them back to the Lord. I said, so are you saying that we can't go and speak to somebody that that we believe is inherently evil? We believe doesn't agree like us that that we as Christians aren't supposed to speak to them, even though the Great Commission comes back and tell us. To go you therefore and make disciples of all nations, all ethnos, meaning everybody, not just the people whom we choose. And he said, Oh well, yeah, well if you if you go and preach the gospel to him, you could you could talk to him or meet with somebody, but you just can't go meet with him for general things. I say, but that's the part of the gospel. Me walking into a room as a believer and letting somebody see my light shine. I don't have to be talking about God trying to lead them to the Lord. I said, just the fact that I'm I'm showing a conversation and showing them love, and finally had to look at it and admit it. Say, yeah, you know, you're you're you're, you're you know you're right, but that's not what they went in there for. They, you know, they went in there for politics, and I said, doesn't matter whether they went in there for politics or not. I said, it's matter whether or not they were allowing their light to shine, and we can't get sucked up into our different politics and different things like that. So no matter whether you didn't you 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 for eight years you said Obama wasn't your president, and for the next four years now you're gonna say that Trump ain't your president. But the bottom line is, is what is God saying is how you should treat your president? You know, I mean that that's what it goes to. You know, I mean I'm urban now. I might have a short temper or something like that. And I might not turn the other cheek. Like I said, I might give you a Nehemiah 13 response, but understand this, I'm I'm going to be patient with you and I'm going to be biblical. But when it, whenever it goes off, I'm going to forewarn you what you're going to get. You know what I mean? That just going to be an understanding. But when it comes to a matter of respect, it's going to be respectful and I'm going to be reverent and patient with you because you're my brother and sister, right? You're, you're a human being. I'm going to treat you as such. And I'm not going to go around and allow myself to get sucked into this name calling 
and this negativity that goes along, even in Christian circles. You know, I as a black man have faced more prejudice as a Pentecostal than I've ever faced as a black man. Now, I've, I've had people literally, you know, just break covenants and deals with me when they found out I was Pentecostal. Because they, they, the first thing, well, what you going to teach? What you going to do? You know, like I want to come in and convert. I'm, I'm going to be respectful. If I know you're not Pentecostal, I'm not going to come in your church preaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost, trying to get everybody to speak in tongues. I'm going to respect you. You know what I mean? Because that's what my Lord tells me to do. I'm going to respect you and honor you where you are. I'm not I'm not to go out there and just to come in there and take advantage of that. When when schools let me in to come into a school, I don't go in there preaching the gospel. I come in there and let my light shine because, because I suppose I respect you. You know what I mean? And that's what we need to get back to. You don't have to love me, but you're going to respect me. And I don't have to love you, but I'm going to respect you. That's the urban code of ethics. And when you cross that line and get disrespectful, yeah, then you that's when the fireworks start. You know what I mean? So be careful with your words. Be careful with your attitude. Walk in the love of God, and you'll walk in the safety and the anointing that will never be held in your life before. Just, but please, stay away from the flesh. Stay away from the fleshly responses. Stay away from the fleshly media. And have a great week in the Lord. God bless you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 